the property pod. Pod. pod welcome to the property pod with moneyweb the property sector is an ever-changing sector and in this podcast series your host suren naidu chats to movers and shakers in the property industry hello this is the property pod with moneyweb my name is suren naidu and i've been covering the broader south african property industry for over 15 years in this episode, I speak to Hamish Erskine, CEO of Dubai Trade Port Special Economic Zone, which is the KZN government SOE that is driving the Aerotropolis or airport city development around Durban's Kingshaka International Airport. Dubai Trade Port is now one of the biggest single landholders in KZN and probably South Africa. The Aerotropolis is a long-term master plan development. But today, we are speaking to Hamish about industrial and commercial property development at the SCZ. Welcome, Hamish. Good morning, Sarin. Lovely to be on the program. Thank you. Before we get into the latest developments on the industrial and commercial property side, tell us about the size of your land parcel in KZN. I know Dubai Tradeport had quite a big chunk of land when Kingshaka was built back in 2010. The original master planned area that we started with was a 2,000 hectare site. We needed to split that site up to accommodate the King Shark International Airport, which was being built by AXA. So that took out roughly 800 hectares of that original site. And we then also had to put aside quite significant hectareage at the time for environmental offsets. So we started originally for our primary developments on about a 600 hectare platform. Since then, from 2012 onwards, we've systematically acquired portions of land to the south, north and and west of us, which has now brought our total land holdings surrounding the area to just under 4,000 hectares. Since 2015, we've been given the mandate to expand to the south of Durban to, to provide an automotive supply park to the Toyota plant and to future um, automotive investments. So we acquired a further 1,000 hectares from the Lovo area south of Manzimtoti in 2015. So our total holdings have grown significantly in the last, uh, let's say, five years or so. That's massive, Hamish. The South Coast development is a separate story on its own. We're going to zone in on Dubai Trade Port How much land has been developed and and what sort of investment have we seen from a property side? So primarily we focused on three zones at Dubai Tradeport um, to really um, ensure that what we did is is establish our footprint and our value proposition as a property development in the zone. So our three zones are Dubai City, which uh, is obviously high density, so very high bulk square meterage, but on a smaller footprint. So that at the moment sits on a 12 hectare footprint. And then obviously to the north of the site, we have our major first industrial platform. That is 26 hectares, and that is what's known as Trade Zone 1. And then to the west of our site, we then have an 80 hectare platform, which is the Agri Zone, which is a high intensity Agri Zone area, mainly 16 hectares of glass house and a number of packing facilities and support facilities, laboratories, and support buildings. But our primary focus has been, has obviously been getting our industrial and logistics facilities up and running. 
and that has been Trade Zone 1, which is 26 hectares. On that note, on the commercial and industrial side, one of the biggest property investors in Dubai Trade Port has been Shri Property Holdings, which is a private Durban-based company. How many warehouses and factories have been built there? I'm talking about factory buildings because I understand a lot of those buildings are owned by Shri or leased by Shri, but um, your investors that you're luring into the SEZ, such as Samsung and Toughbag, are located within those buildings or some of those buildings. Correct. So maybe just to touch on our business model as Dubai Tradeport, you know, our primary function is to open up and support operationally and with infrastructure, industrial land, serviced industrial sites. So we take care of things like the zoning, the provision of the infrastructure, you know, the earthworks, the bulks, um, and the operations of the zone. So security, um, all the SEZ benefits, regulations. And obviously, we want to then optimize the, the investment government makes by opening up that space for the private sector then to also take risk and to invest within the zone so that there is a balance between public and private investment. So Shri Properties was um, our first major investor that came into the zone. They were well established in the greater Durban area at that stage. And they took a very significant portion of our first phase in 2012 and have subsequently developed, as you say, um, a large number of of properties. Their portfolio currently covers, uh, as you rightly said, Samsung, Mahindra, uh, which is a, a, you know, where we assemble the um, the pickup trucks, um, uh, YOA, which is an optic fiber operation, uh, tough bags, there's also uh, SA Health is one of their tenants. So they, they have a very significant um, land holding. Off the back of that, we then got a number of other private sector investors that similarly saw the opportunity and uh, entered into uh, land leases with us and have, and have developed buildings um, to house companies such as Conlog, Mara Phones, um, DB Schenker, and others, um, Idube Cold Storage. So we've got... Um, you know, that momentum created by Shri Properties' first investment uh, has certainly supported us being able to attract investors in because obviously the, the, the private sector developers come in and, and can more cost effectively put up buildings and obviously provide ready-made spaces. It makes certainly our job in terms of bringing uh, new investment into the zone uh, more complementary to that. So it's, it, it's a model that has certainly worked well in, in Trade Zone 1. Just in terms of total, including the property investment as well as the investment from the likes of Samsung and the, the companies that are, have factories and manufacturing plants around the airport or, or part of the SEZ, what's the total investment that's already come in there? So in total, we've achieved just under 3 billion rands worth of investment in in trade zone one largely in manufacturing but with some degree of uh, logistics so that has been a very positive signal for us in terms of what we're trying to achieve with our sez mandate which has a very strong focus on manufacturing hamish all this development has pretty much been in trade zone one at dubai trade port tell us about the newly launched phase two or trade zone two which is the big news out of dtp at the moment it's coming to market. You're marketing it now with the land leases up for further opportunities and investment. 
with Tradezone 2, it's coming a little later than we would have hoped for. There were some delays, but those have all been now uh, put behind us. Um, Tradezone 2, um, it, we are look. You, you know, the nice thing about developing a project in phases is you learn a lot, especially when your first phase runs over a period of, of six or seven years, as ours has. You learn, obviously, a lot about the market and the kind of things that work and, and what doesn't work. But also, we were able to refine our mandate um, and, and our focus quite significantly in that time. So Tradezone 2 um, is, a, is, a, is a platform directly parallel and adjacent to Tradezone 1. It is twice the size of Tradezone 1. So we are we're building it for growth. We're building it to accommodate a significantly more investment than we achieved in Tradezone 1. So to give you a sense, it's over 45 hectares of fully level, flat, fully serviced sites secure and zoned for special economic zone. But because it sits at the very heart of our precinct and at the core of our land holdings, it's a very unique site in that it's it's very hard to ever replicate it locationally and in terms of its of its proximity to to infrastructure. So its proximity to the cargo terminal, for example, um, the the access uh, via the N2 um, via the link road that was completed a few years ago. So it's a very unique precinct. So we are bringing it into focus as very much a priority manufacturing zone, high value manufacturing, because we want to bring in the investments that have the maximum amount of, of long-term impact and value into that site. And then we'll open up secondary sites um, at other portions of our land that are more linked to to some of the secondary and support type activities so that we are able to optimize the trade zone two site for manufacturing primarily in the electronics. Obviously we've got a strong footprint in electronics, but increasingly pharmaceutical, healthcare, telecommunications type manufacturing. And we have a series of those investments which we're currently assessing for location in trade zone two. My final question, Hamish, with all the land that Dubai Tradeport has, what will be the next big thing there? I know you're focusing on Trade Zone 2. You also have been talking to Tongat Ulet about a possible joint venture developments. And you did mention also the acquisition of land in our first question, which a lot came from Tongat Ulet uh, itself. Siren, I think that's an excellent question because we almost uh, have two joint mandates. And as you mentioned, I think in your introduction, we're also developing and have the mandate to implement the Aerotropolis in this region with the Department of Economic Development and Provincial Government. And um, the Aerotropolis has been master planned for a much wider area than just our land holdings and our um, core investments. It's a very large radius that runs basically from um, the Canubia side all the way through to the Belito side, and then obviously east and west of that up towards Ndwedwe. And there you've got multiple land uses that have been incorporated into that master plan, residential, recreational, commercial, industrial, and obviously driven very much by transportation spines and corridors. So it's a much bigger investment that requires a lot more players to be involved to really see through the vision. So our focus has been a dual focus. One is to obviously get the core of Dubai Trade Port really functioning and operational and adding the kind of value that it needs to add so that it can um, accelerate and, and create a driver for the Aerotropolis. And we've, what has been very encouraging is 
We've ha- we've seen the results of that. Um, we've had a private developer on our western boundary, Whetstone Developments. They're undertaking a two billion rand industrial platform at the moment. Phase one is well advanced and they've secured a number of major investors there and they're moving on to phase two. And that's being done within the context of our overall uh, Aerotropolis master plan. So the next big things we're looking at is how do we unlock affordable residential? How do we unlock the core transportation, road infrastructure, the longer term rail linkages and rail infrastructure? both in terms of passenger and logistics, you know, uh, cargo operations. So we we'll continually have our eye on that broader manner. So in terms of our land holdings, we've master planned them from Trade Zone 2. We have Trade Zone 3, 4, and 5. They all are, some occur in the south of our boundary, some on the west of our boundary. But all of it is being um, undertaken in the context of a already approved Aerotropolis master plan. So I guess the big story coming out will be the rolling out of the Aerotropolis and ensuring that we maintain momentum going forward. Thank you so much for your time, Hamish. That was Hamish Erskine, CEO of Dubai Tradeport Special Economic Zone. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Property Pod with Suren Naidu. To listen to more episodes, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Follow Suren on Twitter at Suren Naidu for more of his property industry content and other business stories.